When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A fate worse than debt. This week on the Story Song Podcast. I hear the tale. Welcome back to the Story Song Podcast. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. I hope you guys enjoyed your summer because it's over. Yeah, guys, that's it. It's done. <laughs> it's done. Um, See you in September. Wait, yeah. Well, yes. We're seeing you now in September. Right. It yes. Is. That's what I'm saying. Um, and we are doing a special song uh, for Labor Day, thematically resonant mm-hmm. song for Labor Day. <laughs> This is 16 Tons uh, by Tennessee Ernie Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy's got a state and a car in his name. <laughs> and, and a, a Muppet. Muppet. <laughs> so, yeah. We're doing well. Doing well here. Uh, that's, so, that's Michael. Three three. Oh, yeah. Three three. I mean, that's yeah. the three things you need. A state, a Muppet, a car. That's the trifecta. Uh, an occupation. Okay. We're gonna... and, then, and then you got yourself an improv show. <laughs> Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. Uh, so, Michael, yes, tell us a little bit about uh, what's the story of this story song. Um, Sixteen Tons is uh, about a coal miner um, telling the listener, us, uh, mm-hmm. about the difficulty of his work and of his life. And hey, it's probably a great idea not to get in this guy's way. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I never. I've heard this song before. I never noticed uh, that part towards the end, <laughs> where he, uh, you know, maybe just casually confesses to a couple of murders. Let's mm. not make a big deal about it. It's One fine. I do want to say also for Labor Day, when you're like, how hard it is to uh, be a coal miner. Um, I well, oftentimes I'll be complaining about my uh, fake email job that I have. <laughs> and um you know and then i'll and then i'll sort of catch myself and i'll be like well i mean look it's not like i'm digging coal or anything so my right. point being that for me at least coal miner is the worst possible job i mean it's tough have. so it's tough i'm just saying it seems like he is he is a bad version of a coal mining job so he's yeah. my point being that he's like he's he's real low on the totem pole. well and i'll say this really what it is is that coal Coal mining, that is labor. Like that seems like you don't you don't dabble in coal mining 
Like that right. is a laborious job. Yeah. So perfect right. for Labor Day. You don't do that for a summer. No. Just to try it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you don't intern in coal mining. Right. Yeah. You're kind of, you, you got to have both feet in uh, yeah. is my point. You're committed. Yeah, yeah. And right, you don't, right, right. You don't have like quiet days. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah, it's just yeah. like, you know, exactly. not a lot happening today. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how's the mind today? Eh, not a lot of coal. Uh, I'm thinking about doing a half day. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe. fine. Long maybe, lunch? Uh, Should we know. do a long lunch? <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you know what? Let's cut out a little early for happy hour. Uh, <laughs> but the, the reason that we're doing 16 Tons is it's, besides the fact that it's a great song and it's a classic, mm-hmm. um, it is, like you said, thematically appropriate for Labor Day. And it was either a song about coal miners or a song about how hard it is to be a rock star. So yeah, the yeah. Seemed, <laughs> right. This this seemed a little bit more more appropriate. appropriate. I mean, who like, could you guys? We have to we have to take a bus. Well, I was gonna say, who could forget the rock star union strike of '83? Uh, stretched <laughs> on for tough. months. Didn't seem like they just they just wanted that bowl of M and M's with no right. brown ones. Ironically, it just, it's ironically, in the rider. It's in the rider. Ironically, no protest <laughs> songs writers. from it. No protest yeah, songs that was from the that. Weird Very well, weird. they couldn't. They couldn't. That <laughs> yes. was the thing. That, that was the was weird it. part. Real catch twenty two for them. Some people say a man is made out of mud. A poor man's made out of muscle and blood. Muscle and blood and skin and bones A mind that's weak and a back that's strong You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go I owe my soul to the company store Is he talking about a golem? I mean, golems are right. made out of mud. Golems are made out of mud. The, well, because like, I, I almost mythical feels like, creatures. Right. It almost feels like a Bible thing, but I believe it's it's specifically dust, right? That that Adam is like made well, out of dust and earth or earth. Well, what I just because they say from dust to dust, you know, whatever, and re- yeah. to dust return or whatever. Yeah. Throw but my some, point being throw that some water but and that's dust, not mud, you got yourself though. some mud. I, I mean, I guess, well, no, you have wet dust <laughs> if, you, if you throw water on dust. But, it's dust or earth. Anyway. <laughs> sure. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's, it's still, that let's, listen, seems let's like not, a stretch. Let's though. not fight about Old Testament mythology with golems, okay? I, I, it, listen. Again, my comment is, they do? Who does? Well, who is you know saying Maybe that? it's somebody who's having a and, spa day. Okay. <laughs> It yeah, it does seem like he's talking about well-off people because of the second line. Right. So maybe he's well, he, he is saying that you know some men are made out of mud because they're taking that mud bath. Have you been to that new spa on Fifth? Oh my right. God, the yeah, mud yeah. is like so pure, and it like you know it doesn't. It's so weird because it doesn't dry out your skin. It's so weird. You would think it would dry out your skin. It doesn't dry out your skin. Doesn't. Very doesn't. supple you- afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. You know, I hear the secret ingredient is charcoal, mm. uh, yep. which mm. is why all of us coal miners have fantastic skin. Fantastic That's the one skin. thing that people know about us. That's right. Um, okay. So some people say a man is made out of mud. A poor man's made out of muscle and blood. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. Uh-huh. A poor man is made out of muscle and blood. 
as is a rich man, as is a middle class man, as is various social uh, and economic stratas of women. Yes. Uh, everyone is made out of muscle and blood. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I just realized. Is he saying that a poor man is a real man? And like, that's a real because he's made of muscle and blood. And sure. the other person's made out of mud from a mud bath at a fancy well, that's swanky a- spa. <laughs> That's possible. Although he's gonna have one other comment about a poor man in a second, so <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm but, not sure about but that. But then he does give us an, an, a wonderful anatomy lesson in the next line that I love. Right. Well, a poor man's made out of muscle and blood, muscle and blood, and skin and bones. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you're 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 pretty much Gee, there. Thank you very uh, much. <laughs> maybe like you want to throw in organs, but outside of that. Thanks. You pretty much got all of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is one third of the animal, vegetable, mineral debate that we're talking sure. about right. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We so, already have. Yeah, um, well, it's two. It's two thirds. We have mineral and mud. Oh, that's true. So yeah. So a poor man's made out of muscle and blood, muscle and blood and skin and bones, a mind that's weak, and a back that's strong. What a twist. Whose thought. side are you on, buddy? That's the thing. Well, he's talking. Isn't he talking about himself? I so he's think like, look, so. yeah. I'm first of all, I am made out of the things that people are made of. I ain't no mud man. Let's start there, okay? <laughs> Don't I'm even try. Of, I'm a person who's made out. of I am not mud stuff. people. If anybody's right. wondering, yeah, yeah, yeah. No golem me. That's what he's saying. <laughs> um, so I'm a person who's made out of people stuff, and I'm real dumb. Those are the two things I want mm-hmm. you to know about me. And my back is strong, which is a good thing. But um, because, oi, my right, my sciatica right here. Um, no, but <laughs> so he's saying he's real stupid. Um, and the only thing he's good for, I guess, is lifting up heavy he's, things of coal. He, well, he's I think like, it's that. I... He's like, all I got going for me is this body. Huh? Am I right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Ain't nothing I, up here, but check this out. Huh? Right. <laughs> I think it's just that. I think it's I, – I don't think he's saying necessarily what as – uh, a poor man he thinks of himself i think he's saying that's how he's seen okay oh okay w- when he's saying like a man is made out of money like like all creatures great and small come from mm. the earth uh-huh. uh but especially the mud people preacher but, tennessee ernie ford <laughs> as a poor man um who's doing this backbreaking labor um society is seeing him as somebody who's only value is is his strength and and his physicality versus right. anything else so are you saying this whole first verse is him saying this is what some people say so yeah, i think you could say that oh i see i always read it as some people say a man is made out of blood of of mud but i think a poor man is made out of muscle and blood and a weak mind and a strong body I think he's saying some people say a man is made out of mud, but those people are also saying putting upon things. a poor right. man these things. Gotcha. These attributes. Well, he says, you load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me, because I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. <laughs> Uh, wow, that's it's a real upbeat reading of that song. It's a peppy Rachel. version of it. This is so. This is really sad. Um, yes, because it's 
I mean, he's the company store was a thing where each like I mean, yes. the mining companies and stuff they had their company store, and you would pay from your, uh, like uh, from your salary from your paycheck, you would buy stuff from the company store, and you could have credit there, right? Well, not just yeah. that. Um, I think it was common practice to be paid in what was called scrip that um, mining companies would pay their workers with. And it was basically a voucher that they that was only good at a company-owned store. Right. It's like if you what worked at Chuck E. Cheese. Well, let me say, it's like if you worked at Chuck E. Cheese and they only paid you in <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese tokens. Yes. Yeah. That was yep. that, that. That's what would happen. So yeah, and then and you like couldn't buy groceries said, that way, but you could definitely get like an oversized stuffed rabbit. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it or was like or, or or the worst pizza you <laughs> have mm-hmm. ever eaten. Um, but it was also no, a worst, saying, It was also a form of. It was like a, an early form of like get, getting credit. Like they, I mean, you would. They well, would I was gonna say have you, credit you could, there, and you could get right. into debt. You could get into debt, and then the yeah. only way to get out of it would be to like because it was like only the company's money. Like you couldn't go work at a different company and right. then like pay off the debt. You had to work there. Like they literally. That's why he says. They own my soul because he literally, the only way to pay off the debt was to continue to work there. And then, of course, like, you couldn't pay off the debt because you had to keep buying, like, food and stuff to live. Right. So you could only the buy debt, from the company store. Right. I'm saying. So the debt would never go down. Yeah. Because you, there, was, there was only one store in, like, a 100-mile radius, and it was the company store where you well, owed money. And, and a lot of these, I mean, a, a lot of, you know, back then, I'm guessing this is, like, from like the early 1900s probably like this this was like supposed to feel like do you i think? mean probably i forget at some point but, the whole company store and the script thing was outlawed so well but, but i i think it went later than you would expect but what i'm gonna say is you know um mm-hmm. there's i mean co- large companies especially like that where there was a specific uh resource they were going for towns the company would build towns for the workers yeah, right. and so the only way you could get anything or do anything right. was through the company so you were right. you were stuck there um right so well, this is depressing this is, as hell <laughs> this is not to not to get too far into um the next segment of the show um which is called the story behind the story um merle travis who wrote this uh grew up on a company-owned farm Mm. See, so it was kind of like a, I guess, like um, what is it, feudalism kind of situation? Yeah, 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 kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and again, it was all fake because they would like pay you money, like in theory, and then you would turn and be like, "Oh, thank you for this money. Here's the money for all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I yeah. can buy like food from you. Like it I was, know. you know, again." Well, and also apparently, like the prices in the store were very high because surprise, surprise, they had no competition, <laughs> right? Because uh, you only had one store you could, so you could charge whatever they wanted. Um, so yeah, not. But not if you great. had anything left over at the end of the week, you could exchange it for tickets to play skee ball. So sure, and that you know, and that that's worth that it was all. worth it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. worth it all. That 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 three minutes of skee ball, the, the <laughs> skee ball and a slice of pizza. Come on. The- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what should we do tonight go see the robot band okay mm-hmm. someday honey i'm gonna get enough tickets to buy that uh 
magic microphone. I promise you, it's gonna happen. <laughs> and then gonna we can sing, sing convoy. convoy. Um. Okay. Uh. So all right. So he owes his soul to the company store. So he literally, the company store is more powerful than God above mm-hmm. because Saint Peter can't call him home until he pays off the debt to his to the company store. That's right. So yeah, yeah. Um yeah, he's he's not just indebted to the company store. This the store has his soul. Right. They own him. Like literally. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like his eyes turn black when like, <laughs> like and like if you shine a light at him he like hisses like a cat. Um So it's like he, it's worse than debt. Right, right, right. It's like that episode of The Simpsons where Bart sells his soul. The same. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. Same thing. I was born one morning when the sun didn't shine. I picked up my shovel and I walked to the mine. I loaded 16 tons a number nine coal and the straw boss said, well, to bless my soul, you load 16 tons. What do you get? So he was born and then immediately picked up a shovel and walked down <laughs> well, to the no mine. time to waste. Oh. But imagine the cute little shovel and oh. miner's hat. Oh, my God. Oh, do you think he had, like, a little beach pail? <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so like cute. Little plastic shovels. Let's... Yeah, yeah, like a tiny little plastic shovel. So... He's got a tiny little, like, oh. fitted miner's cap that he puts on. He's like a tiny little cute, adorable version of black lung. Um, now, let's, well, let's think about how cute that is and not try to think about the actual photos of children. <laughs> miners. Okay. No, keep that in your head. Mm-hmm, keep the mm-hmm. like cartoony one in your head because the other one is depressing. Right. Yeah. And he had a tiny little Tennessee Ernie Ford mustache. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, little baby Ernie Ford. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, very cute. Now, a number nine coal, is that like just slightly, like just slightly better than an eight and less good than a number nine, oh, number 10 coal? Like, where does that look? Right. Land? How does the scale work? Does the scale go up to one? Like, is one the best mm-hmm. or is one the worst? That's the question. Yeah. I don't know. Or is it, you know, or is it just a different, like, it's a, just a different type of coal, maybe? Are we talking sizes yeah. here? I mean, I maybe don't know. Sizes Not a coal or... miner. Not a coal is miner. It, is it like a Chanel situation? Right. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. Or, or like, um, yeah, like a Chanel or, or, you know, or it's just like. You know, number one is like original flavor, and then number two is like extra crispy. And this number three is like it's all it's all just as good. They're just different. You know what right. I mean? It's not original coal; it's diet coal. That's yeah, yeah maybe, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So diet coal. Mm-hmm. Uh. Um, <laughs> what's yeah. a what's a straw boss? Does it? I mean, Michael, I'm sure you get into it. Should I just save it? No, I mean we could talk about it now. Let's talk about words. Uh, I straw never boss knew, is yeah, I never knew what it was. like a. Assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> got it. Got it. Like he thinks he's hot stuff. He thinks he's the boss. Yeah, he's he's not in charge, but he's he's got it. Less than. Yep. Got it. Got it. I um, I picture him in my mind exactly. He's he's a junior supervisor. I'll say this: straw boss or not, if I saw a baby walk into a mine with a little baby shovel, I would say, "Well, bless my soul, too." <laughs> Holy moly! There's nothing yeah. else you could say. Because you would say, bless my soul, look how adorable he is with his little hat. Because <laughs> the, the song leads you to believe he's like, well, bless my soul, look how much he's shoveling. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's like, look how cute. Oh, yeah. bless my soul. And you do also like, as much as he's 
like understandably complaining about his lot in life. Is this is this the first humble brag? Let's <laughs> let's talk about it, <laughs> right? Because he's like, oh, it's so bad. But he's like, by the way, the day I was born, I shoveled so much coal that the assistant boss was like, whoa, oh, my God. Like, I'm just saying, like, I got a strong back. I'm made of blood. (laughs) I'm made of skin. I got a strong back. And when I was a baby, everybody, I could dig coal like nobody's business, but also my life stinks. But also I'm pretty great. I'm pretty strong. Did I mention the first thing I'm made of is muscle? Did you notice? Did you notice? I'm made out of muscle. Then it's blood. Then it's skin. Then bones, but right. mostly muscle. All I'm saying is, I owe my soul to the company store, which is right over <laughs> there, right near the gun show. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the company store and get your tickets <laughs> for the gun show. Dance flexing. You guys know that this we're is all flexing on us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I just can figure out what's going on. I think. <laughs> um, but he's he's one of those people who can legitimately say like, oh, "Wow, I feel like I've been doing this job for my whole life." Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like there were maybe ten minutes mm-hmm. where right. he wasn't. However yeah, long it exactly. took for him to walk to the mine. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Crawl. Maybe crawl. Yeah. To and the again, mine. like I don't, I don't think they have weekends. No, he says he walks to the mine. Oh, right. he does. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> he's very he good. He that that is. Dedication. Again, that just that just felt he's like, look, most men couldn't do this job, but I could do it as a baby. That's all I'm saying. It's horrible, but also I'm one of the strongest, most capable men you've ever met in your life. And that's And that's yes, I did come me. out with this mustache fully formed. Right. <laughs> I feel like when, when someone new starts, he just gives him a hard time. He's like, Look, by the time I was your age, I was doing this for how old are you? Twenty? I've been doing yeah. this for 20 years. <laughs> for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, and again, pro- again, I was going to say no weekends, I'm sure. Yeah. They probably, probably rarely had summer Fridays, like maybe every once in a while. But I yeah. feel like they, you know, they probably like talked about it a lot. But then, it, then they were like, oh, geez, we really got to get this done. You know, there's like a whole bunch of coal in the ground. All right. We'll do a half day next week. Next Friday. We'll do a half day. You guys next Friday. You guys, everybody gets summer Fridays as long as your work's done. Right. Yeah. If we really, (laughs) if we really work hard and get all the coal out of this mine, right. We can have a Friday off. You guys, do you guys know how there's like coal in the ground? Well, I just found out there's even more coal and we got to get it out of the ground. (laughs) So I'm going to need you guys to stay late tonight. If that's cool. Mm -hmm. But, Here's the thing. We are going to get pizza. So <laughs> and we'll have some brewskis, and we're going to dig the coal, mm-hmm. and also we're not going to have pizza and brewskis. So you guys get in and dig that coal. <laughs> if you, could. you know what? It's just as well. That pizza would have been filthy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pizza's filthy. You don't want, you don't I mean, want to eat in here. It's from Chuck E. Cheese, and also it costs $100, and you have to buy in credit. Um, <laughs> so Everyone chip in. You guys, Carl's uh, birthday is next month, so if we could all just, like, if we could all contribute, like, two scripts. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that way he could buy milk. That'd be great. <laughs> be right. terrific. Right, right. And, guys, I don't want, like, I don't want to be, like, that kind of boss, but if we could be careful with the reply all on emails, okay? Because it's <laughs> a lot of emails, a lot of unnecessary emails that are coming in. Extremely and... unnecessary because we're coal miners, 
Right. In like, the unbelievably, 50s, like, almost unbelievably nuts. An unbelievable amount of emails. <laughs> <laughs> like, we almost shouldn't need any emails. Like, it feels like our job is if you pretty, send, yeah, pretty paperless to begin with. If you said one email, I feel like it's too many. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I was born one morning. It was drizzling rain. Fighting and trouble are my middle name. I was raised in the cane break by an old mama line. Can't know a high tone woman make me walk the line. You load 16 tons. What do you get? Okay, so Michael, I yes. either I just had a stroke or I'm going <laughs> to need some help from you explain what on earth that's supposed to mean. Yeah. Well, a cane break is just ground covered with cane, like a thicket okay. of cane. Um, okay. Uh, a mama lion is uh, a lion. Thank you. Sure. Thank you so much. But what's? But is he saying his mother was like a rough woman? Like a, a you know, was she, was she strict, or was he literally raised by lions, or is that supposed to mean? Yeah, I'm not an, entirely thing. sure. Like he's either, <laughs> either I think there are two options. Either he's talking about like he had a difficult upbringing um mm-hmm. and a rough childhood which right. makes sense working in the line in, he literally worked in a mine yeah. since the day he was born so yeah i would say so or he skimble shanks the railway cat oh i hope so <laughs> one of the two <laughs> is that is that from the play cats yes it sure <laughs> okay. is buddy it sure is okay good uh, i'm sorry I'm glad you guys are having your fun. Um, <laughs> Always. So yeah, so, I think that's. I think what he's saying is because he's talking about the you know the day he was born and um, mm-hmm. as a kid you know fighting trouble with his middle names and um, I think he's just saying that he was a tough kid mm-hmm. and could maybe what he's saying be on the day he was born the nurses all gathered round <laughs> and gazed in the wide wonder at the joy they had found. Mm-hmm. The head nurse spoke up, said, leave this one alone. She could tell right away that I was bad to the bone. I think so. Is that what he's trying to say? I think that is right. I think that is it. Yes. I do want to say one thing real quick while we're, on the, while we're already on this tangent, which is the other night I watched uh, the movie Terminator 2, mm-hmm. and when the Terminator comes out of the bar, they play the song Bad to the Bone, and I was like, Oh, it wasn't a cliche yet. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh it, did, wow, it worked. So weird. Well, I'm just saying, like, I don't know if that. I think maybe that cliche comes for that movie because he walks out of the bar and it's like, wow, 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 wow. And I was like, was this a thing yet, or like, or was this the first time someone was like, if you have like a cool character walking out of a bar, you should play bad. Yeah, the yeah. Like that. That would really work. You know what I mean? I don't. Um, I don't know. I feel like. I feel like that's been a cliche since since that song was released. I maybe. That, I, don't know. I know this isn't about Bad to the Bone, but that song just edges the line of satire, doesn't it? There's something about it, the way he says it. Yes. But. I think uh, it could be because at this point it is such a cliche. Yeah, I think so. Right, that's what I mean. Like, you can't, but, well, that's what, like, even if it, even if it had been done before, I felt like in the movie it was still okay. Like, you can't do that now unless it's a joke, right? You can't do that seriously. Oh, but yeah, But I believe no. in the movie, they meant it seriously. And I, think, and I think it played seriously because people were like, well, I mean, he's, 
he's bad to the bone. He's a Terminator. <laughs> There's no question about it. <laughs> he's he's bad to his metal bones that are inside his robot body. Yeah, if um if anybody deserved to have this song play as they walked out of a bar, I feel like it would right. be the Terminator. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Couldn't a Terminator's more. made out of metal and other <laughs> stuff. <laughs> They came from the future to kill a kid. <laughs> there's another one that's molten, and there's also a lady one. <laughs> oh, All right, we're okay. now going to rewrite this song to be about a Terminator. Here we go. That song sounds like a hit. You kill Sarah Connor, and what do you get? They bring you back to the future, and I guess... Something about Net. What is the name of that? The <laughs> oh yeah, Skynet. Sky, something about Skynet. Uh, okay. So <laughs> back to the song. So, so he was raised in a rough place by a rough lady, who may or may not have been a lion. Um, okay, now, Michael. Okay, so can't no high-toned woman. Make me walk the line. I bu- I actually want to start at the end of this okay. sentence because there obviously is the Johnny Cash song mm-hmm. where he says "walk the line." Right now that now that there's two instances of it, I have to ask what. And th- this is a this is a general question for everyone. It's not necessarily asking you. What does that mean? It's the straight. What and does narrow. walk the line? Okay, walking the straight so, and narrow. So Johnny he- Cash is like. This woman is gonna make me walk the line. Yeah, I'm not gonna be going crazy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be I'm gonna a normal be faithful. person. I'm gonna be right. good. That's it. Okay. So not he's gonna be bad to the bone. I'm not gonna be bad right. to the bone. I'm not, not gonna, gonna be, be Terminator. To I'm not gonna be bad to like a few inches into the skin. Right. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be good all over. I'm gonna um, be good to the muscle and <laughs> sure, <laughs> muscle good to and the blood mud. and skin and bones. Um. So what he's saying is. No woman, not even a high-toned woman, can make Tennessee Ernie Ford walk the line. Is that what we're to understand? Yes. Yeah. I mean, the, because high, I, the high-toned, I don't 100% know. I don't know if it's... I, I feel like maybe the high-toned means, uh, you know, someone who is like a Blanche Dubois, like a, like, you know, a uh, high-toned woman. Classy. Like yeah, a classy yeah. like woman. A class. Like a, okay. like a classy broad. Yeah. <laughs> Thank like you, play. Daniel. Um, or is it is yeah. it actually is it her her tone in like the way she talks the 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 well that might be physicality of her talk like yeah yeah I don't know like oh my god no not like <laughs> what's that. I'm saying like maybe she yeah but like her the way she talks the way she holds herself um yeah. seriously gives you, you guys. Um, my boyfriend is a coal miner. Uh, I'm totally getting to walk the he, line. He was mining coal since he was a baby. <laughs> you guys? And his back is so strong. He, he is so muscular. Uh, I know He's, I know your boyfriends are made of mud. Uh, mine is made of muscle and blood <laughs> and skin and bone, you guys. Look, Gina, don't get mad at me just because you're a mud person who climbed out of a, a puddle. And it's now an unholy living dog. Okay, my boyfriend is made out of flesh and blood. He's made so... out of everything. <laughs> he's not very bright, so list. we're a good match. I will now quickly list all the things he's made out of. To begin, <laughs> muscle, skin, 
blood, organs, hair, um, okay. fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, my mother-in-law is a jungle cat, so. so... You think you've got it bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, meow. What, uh, am I right? Okay. Um, Where is this so... woman from? What's <laughs> <laughs> happening? Jeez. What coal oh, town spend... is in the valley? <laughs> yeah. We had to spend the holiday in a cane break, so... So... Uh, so I can't go to Cabo with you? <laughs> so uh, so I think, I think it's, it's what, exactly what you're saying. Like, well, what I was, the only thing I was going to say was, because then the phrasing of can't know high-toned woman. So I wasn't sure if he was saying no high-toned woman can make me walk the line, or was he genuinely asking, like, can't someone... Come no, I think he's, he's saying. The line? Okay. He, yeah, no, he, he can't, he can't be he can't, tied he down. He just can't do it. Right. Yeah, he's okay. saying, ain't no high toned woman that can make him walk the line. Right. Right. Okay. Um. So yeah. So I think it's all about his. Just it, it's. <laughs> it's he's a rough how and tumble bad guy. To the bone he is. Right. Yeah. Right. He's right. The baddest to the bone. Yeah. He's the baddest to the boniest. Yeah. Is what he's trying to say. Nobody's yeah, yeah. nobody's gonna make him not be a tough guy. Yep. Okay. No one's gonna make him settle down. No one's gonna make him Now here's the thing. I had heard this song a lot as 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 a young man. Uh or in as the a coal kid. mines. I fe- well, I feel like this was a song, right? And this seems like maybe this still happens. But there seemed to be like a, a a small subset of songs that like radio stations would play at like five o'clock on Friday. You know what I mean? So it's like, let's play like everybody's working for the weekend. And then they would play yep. like this song and like take this job and shove it or whatever. And I don't, I, I guess I just always, the, I mean, obviously the 16 tons of what do you get party is so like memorable and catchy that maybe that just stuck in my head. But I didn't, I didn't realize that like the back half of this song is him just being like, look, I'm a super tough guy. I murder people, stay out of my way. It like, it becomes yeah. less about him like, working in the coal mine and how like coal mine labor practices were super <laughs> sketchy, which is what I thought this song was about, but it, and it is in the beginning, but then it changes into something it else. It becomes more personal. But yeah, I, I think it's, it's showing what the coal mines have turned him into. Oh, okay. You think that's he's been hardened by the coal mines. Yeah. I mean, he's been in the coal mine since, since literally since birth. Literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, most birth so, yeah. certificates have footprints that are made of ink. His are made out of coal <laughs> dust. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and it just is why the birth certificate just says "Bless my soul" and then it's signed by the straw boss. I don't. Know, this is <laughs> this is unusual to say the least. Mother, um, old mama lion. <laughs> sure. In this case, I I, I know that uh, the straw boss. Um, I said was like the like a junior supervisor, but in this case, yeah. it is actually uh, Ray Bolger. So, oh, okay. oh good yeah, to know, sure. good to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he is the boss of Straw. Yes. Yeah. There was a lot of really great choreography in that coal mine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like really impressive stuff. He was good. Yeah. If you ever, if you ever want a Straw boss that's a triple threat, you get Ray Bolger. <laughs> oh yeah. He's a triple threat. He can sing. He can dance, and also he's swinging a broken bottle around. So, triple threat. (laughs) 
If you see me coming, better step aside. A lot of men didn't, a lot of men died. One fist of iron, the other of steel. If the right one don't get you, then the left one will. You load 16 tons, what do you get? Am I talking companies? <laughs> if you see me coming, better step aside. A lot of men didn't. A lot of men died. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Should I stop there? Come on, buddy. That came yes. out of nowhere. Tennessee. Come on, pal. Imagine the Ten. guy having coffee with him and he throws that yeah. out. <laughs> 40. Can I call you 40? What's happening here, buddy? What's, uh, what's new? A lot of men died. What? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, because the only thing they seem to have done is when he was walking towards them, they didn't step aside like yeah. he was an ambulance on the road. <laughs> right. And you had to pull over. Well, he walked right? around with a siren. Right. Sure. Yeah. But again, sure. it seems like maybe if you were mildly distracted by your phone and didn't get out of the way <laughs> fast enough for this guy, he'd punch your head in. So here's the thing. I feel bad about the fact that he's worked at a coal mine since the day he was born. And he owes his soul to the company store. But he's really making me not feel as empathetic oh, to him yeah. as I did in the beginning. Because he's literally murdering people for no reason. No reason. No reason. He gives no a reason. reason whatsoever. They didn't get out of his way fast enough. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> he, I will say this. This verse might be the coolest thing that has ever been written anywhere. <laughs> okay. It's so great. Wow. <laughs> That's not what I thought you were going to say, but I'm on board. Well, I do have to say, I mean, if a guy is named after a state, right. you got to at least be on your toes, right? Your head's got to be on Oh, without a doubt. For what's this guy going to do, right? So I guess in some ways the victims are to blame slightly. Also, you know what I mean? also anybody who has three names. Um, because yes. I mean, they're, they're not, they're nothing but trouble. Three yeah, right. named people. Right, right. Right. But yeah. But yeah. I mean, if a guy's called like, you know, Alabama, like Rocco McGillicuddy or something, <laughs> you gotta know, right? What you is his be... nationality? <laughs> Again. Well, <laughs> well, that's why bad, bad Leroy Brown was so dangerous. He had four names. That's... Oh my God. That's so true. Yeah, his first two names saying. were bad and bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. They doubled up on the back. <laughs> like to so hear his saying. backstory. That guy's bad to the bone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let me just say that. Without a doubt. Leroy Brown? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, okay. So he confessed so to being a serial coming, killer. Right. He confesses to <laughs> multiple murders. A lot of men died. Mm-hmm. And by the way, some of those men not made of mud. Some of them were short. <laughs> but some of them were made of, of blood and... And skin, what does he say? Oh, muscle and blood. Muscle right? yeah. and Some blood. Some of them are made out of muscle and blood. And he so, knows that because he... he absolutely. Like, he's like, <laughs> he get knows. out of the way. And he punches a guy and the guy's head goes flying off. He goes, another one made out of mud. <laughs> How many <laughs> people are in this town? The funny thing um, is, if he, if he did, this, this last verse sort of sounds like an email that he did send around mm-hmm. to, to everyone in the mines. Yeah, yeah. And he says it so matter-of-factly, it, it's like, um, you know, re if you see me coming, better step aside. 
Um, <laughs> and and then it says, you know, a lot of men didn't. A lot of men died. Shrug emoji. Right. Because he's so he says, like, you know, it happens. You know. Right. It's going to. He says, I hope this email finds you well. Uh, <laughs> I murdered a bunch of dudes. Shrug emoji. Uh, shrug emoji, winky face. <laughs> One fist of iron. The other of steel. If the right one don't get you, the left one will. I will say this. Th- that line is mm. super fun. It's really good. It's so That's, cool. That line is yeah. really good. Um, also, thinks pretty highly of himself with his that, hands. Th- again, I feel like this is the world's first humble brain. It is. Because <laughs> all he talks about <laughs> is how hard his life is and how awesome it made him. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, he does confess to multiple murders. So right. I guess uh, uh, awesome is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Well, well, he's like, again, he's like literally like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I got two fists. Okay. If you duck one, I'm going to punch you with the other one. And I'm going to, yeah. one punch is all it's going to take and you're dead. Right. You know what I'm saying? So he can kill two guys at once. He's just like, boom, like that. He doesn't have brass knuckles. He has iron knuckles and steel knuckles. Right. And the rest of his hand is also iron and steel. It's not just the knuckles. Also, I mean, this song, again, like I think that, like Dan said, I thought this song was going to be about what happens in the coal mines. Right. What it's like to be a coal miner. (laughs) All we know is that he was a baby coal miner. And then after that, he just talks about himself. Like he talks about his life. I'm sure I'm sure he's probably giving an interview to Coal Miners Weekly and they're like <laughs> you can't just talk about yourself we want to know what it's like in the coal mine. I thought most of the song was going to be about reforming labor practices. Right. And I'm very upset to find it's just a guy casually confessing to murder. Talking about, about how, how much trouble he is. And how or, much he likes murdering and how he's definitely going to murder again. <laughs> or he's talking about his negotiating tactics. Okay. Oh, oh. He's like, it's yeah, metaphorical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted dental. <laughs> um, what are you bringing to the bargaining table? Uh, yeah. Iron and steel? I got mm-hmm. it. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Will, I will show you that I am not, in fact, made out of mud. <laughs> <laughs> I, am... I got compromise number one and compromise number two <laughs> right here. That's what I call my fists. Uh... <laughs> uh I'll give you five reasons. Mm-hmm. Those My foot I call reasons. arbitration. I'm, uh, <laughs> kick you to death with arbitration right now. And my other foot um, is 5,000 signatures. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so that's it. He murdered a bunch of people, and he, he punches people, and they die. And then he says, you load 16 tons, what do you get? I mean, hopefully a long stint in prison. I'm going to say right, that. Right. Uh, another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me because I can't go. I owe my soul to the company. do But that, at that last uh, chorus, mm-hmm. there's that pause before I owe my soul to the company store. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, great. Just... it's a great ending uh, chorus. There's a pause and like he, he holds that note. It's, and it's Ernie Ford's voice is amazing and perfect for this song. Yep. Like that, that 
this character is so completely different from who he is, but his that baritone voice is so or yeah. low baritone voice is so perfect for this song. Um right. you kind of do believe <laughs> that, yeah. that like, well, and we're we gonna t- stay out of Ernie Ford's way. Absolutely. And we talk about like if you know, if like a line in a song scans, mm-hmm. you know, if it just like feels good. And uh you load sixteen tons and what do you get? Another day older and a deeper in debt. That's a ten out of ten. Oh like, yeah. That is just oh yeah. It's perfect. It just like Every line feels so good. It communicates something so clearly. Yes. And there's just something about the get and debt rhyme. I, you, you don't normally hear a rhyme with the word debt. So right. it fits yeah. so perfectly. Every syllable is exactly where it should be. It's just great. I mean, the rest of the song is great, too. I'm just saying, like, that is, like, a, that is perfection. Right. In a song. Yeah, so. it's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, the chorus I is think- insanely catchy and very good. Right. And does not uh, shed light on the fact that this man is a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, nope. No, and no, no. there's something so. There's such a, and we'll we'll talk about this in the next segment. But like, there's such a minimal mm-hmm. arrangement. Um. Yes. To to the music that right. it, it it gives it a certain. Not there is a, a certain amount of like discomfort in it like there's mm-hmm. yeah there's a little bit of a creepiness to it there's a little bit of a uh i don't know i don't know how to describe it you guys describe it describe it for me no i mean it. yeah it's it's sparse <laughs> you know it's a sparse arrangement that makes it feel yeah i mean it's like it reminds me a lot of like deo mm-hmm. you know where it's like very like it's very focused on the vocal yeah um and it just feels like that sparse arrangement just gives it like a feeling of like somebody's just like exhausted. Yeah. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they just can just barely tell you, like, I don't have time to get a whole bunch of musicians in here. Right. And the snaps, the snaps sort of keeping the beat like. Right. There's, I, there's something very, I mean, I don't know, like, like real about it. Well, there's also, right. a, there's also a rhythm to it, right? That sounds like it could be like, a song being sung by people on, you know, people in a mine that are like digging the coal and like hitting it with their little pickaxes mm. and shovels and, or like right. people on a chain gang, you know what I mean? It has that yeah. feel, those, that kind of song feel to it. It's that rhythm. And I think the snapping goes along with that. Let's do expanded universe. What do we got? Expanded universe. Does he work with big bad John? Hmm. I mean, I, th- I think, I think so. they've got to be. He, they've got to be coworkers, right? I mean, they probably see each other at, like the coal mining conventions. Yeah, at least you know what I mean. Yeah, he, and... like when they have like the weekly the or the week long convention in Vegas for coal miners. Right, right. And here's the thing about that is that Big Bad John turns out he's very nice and he'll do anything yeah. for anybody. So it feels to me like Tennessee Ernie Ford is puffing himself up to his coworkers all the time. He's like, yeah, look, right. get out of my way. I'm made of muscle and steel and blah, 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 blah. And Big Bad John is just being Big Bad John. Everybody thinks he's scary, but they stay away. He's quiet, whatever. And then something happens in that mine. Tennessee Ernie Ford is the first one to be like, ah, get me out of here. And he darts out. And Big Bad John, of course, Absolutely. we know what happens. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, is is Tennessee Ernie Ford, like, he's is he, like, confessing the multiple murders? Or is he the guy who's like, yeah, I killed a guy. 
Right. Oh yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I put one punch and he was dead, and you're like, right. yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, all right, uh, all right. May- yeah. Maybe this is like an answer to Big Bad John, where, right. where everyone's right. like, Big Bad John is terrifying. He's like, oh, oh yeah. Well, I, I, I was raised by lions. Right. I, I was <laughs> raised by lions. <laughs> and and I mean that big man Jack guy, like, he's not so good. Like I was buried to death in two mines, <laughs> so I was like double him. <laughs> like, so that doesn't make sense. You're alive. I don't, okay, like, go on. I, I I think it's I think it's very likely that they work in the same mine, and if not, that they're definitely like on the same email list. Sure. <laughs> yes. Sure. Yeah. Like yeah, they're yeah, on, yeah. they're on the same text chain. You know. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but sure. I feel like, like big, like every time Tennessee Ernie says something, Big Bad John was just like, "LOL," and it's like, "All right, Big Bad John." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you don't have to. Oh, you don't have to say "haha" to everything. Like it's you're trying <laughs> yeah. too hard, Big Bad John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It gives uh, a thumbs up to every text message. Like enough, Big Bad John. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I mean, this is downriver from Shantytown. Oh yeah, right. Because oh yeah, in yeah. Shantytown, don't they have like they have, coal water? Yeah, it's down yeah. by the coal yards. It's by the coal so, yards. Yeah. They are. So, they, they, yeah. He works in the coal mines that uh, that give coal to the coal yards of Shantytown. If they're when they're in the mine, mm. do you think at some point, if not Tennessee or any one of the miners turns over a piece of coal, and peace on earth is all it says. <laughs> and Tennessee sure. and he's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have murdered all those people. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Wow, I really learned something here today. Mostly about yeah. the fact that the company store doesn't have a Panera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If you did not listen to that episode, you have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> Um, oh, man. And I know that this wasn't one of the verses in The Highwaymen, but like. Mm. Well, again, it skips. Wow. It skips a big chunk. That's true. I feel That's like a... once once St. Peter is is like, I don't care if you owe your soul to the company store. Um, At that point, he gets a verse in The Highwaymen. I think right. so. I think so. Yeah, so he would be between the spaceman and the sailor, we think. <laughs> They're all before the spaceman. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> all between, of them would be before the spaceman. Sorry, man. I mean, he was b- between the spaceman and the sailor, you think? Well, who is, was the sailor the last one or the dam builder? Oh. Michael, please, not, we don't use that kind of language here. Inappropriate. Great, yeah. now we have to put an explicit label on it this episode. <laughs> Hope you're happy. No, uh, I don't know. But he's definitely, he is, he, he's probably a, um, uh, uh, he's probably a contemporary of the damn builder. See, you know, yeah, Rachel did it. Yeah. Um, or maybe, maybe it's not, if, if there are ghost coal miners, then maybe it's the people that that didn't step aside uh that got killed by iron and steel right. well, i was gonna say yeah because they that all of those characters die tragically and violently so yeah it doesn't make sense you know maybe like you said maybe it's one of the guys that he what if what if it was like johnny guy was like i was a mud man i climbed out of a puddle and then an angry guy punched my head off 
That's a jaunty little version of that song, Dan. <laughs> Thank you. It's the extended dance mix. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. Mm-hmm. Anything else? No. No. I think so. Unless yeah, the canary, yeah. unless the canary in the coal mine is that, um, that doesn't, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. And the guy that Angie baby shrinks down. Didn't she shrink a guy down? Oh, shit, but he goes inside the radio. Yeah, he lives right. in the radio. Oh, okay. So we can't radio. live in the radio and live in a coal mine and be their canary? Well, I was just saying. No. Rachel, that's that no fantastic. Sense. Come on, Rachel. <laughs> makes no sense for her to turn him into a bird if she already put him in the radio. Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying he's an actual bird. I'm saying he's small enough that they keep him over there. And then when he's like, hey, look out, they all leave. <laughs> right. Yeah, but you think she let him out of the radio? <laughs> She loans him well, out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, the canary in the coal mine wasn't like, hey, guys, I think maybe like we should start heading out. There, he's like, the canary just died. And they were like, oh, no, the canary's dead. Let's get out of here. I don't know. I'm not made of muscle and blood and skin and bones, Dan. I'm not. Right. I don't know how canaries worked in coal mines. I forgot. You're a mud person. I figured I'm um, a mud person. <laughs> uh, all right. I think that was good. I mean, look, we had two songs about coal mining. We did both of them. So I, think, <laughs> I think we did our due diligence. <laughs> That's right. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the history of this song with Story Behind the Story. Friends help friends find the Story Song podcast, and you can help your friends find the show by leaving us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll read the best reviews on the show. And then you'll be famous. And you won't have to be nice to your friends anymore. All right, we're back. It's time for story behind the story. How did this story come to be? Michael? Yes. How you doing, man? Good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> no other all. questions. Uh, Just saying all. hi. <laughs> that's it. Uh, no. Just saying hi. No Also, uh, Stephanie, if a Stephanie's out there, good to talk to you too, Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just say random names. Um, <laughs> uh, Michael, please walk us through the story of this story song. Sure. Um, so, 16 Tons was written by and first recorded by um, Merle Travis. Um, mm. a little I'm going to say, I was going to say both for Merle Travis and Tennessee Ernie Ford. Mm-hmm. These are names I have heard. Mm-hmm. That's the okay. extent. Like, I mean, <laughs> I would, I knew they were country artists, but outside of that, I'm, this is probably one of the least uh, that I know about before we get started. So, and, and can I say something? The thing mm-hmm. that would surprise me the most is if Merle Travis was born in like Connecticut. Just FYI. <laughs> if you tell me that Merle Travis was born in Connecticut or like someplace like that, I will be very surprised. Rhode Island's own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I won't tell you that. But so anyway, British singer Merle Travis. <laughs> no, um, it's it's not surprising that you would have heard these names because they are pretty big deals in the world of country music. Yes. Um, so this is a very brief overview of Merle Travis and of Tennessee Ernie Ford. Um, they both have storied careers and this is 
this is this is the highlights mm-hmm. uh, okay. as related to 16 tons. So Merle Travis was born November 29th, 1917 in Rosewood, Kentucky. Oh, mm. I never would have thought so, it. <laughs> so not Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so like coal mining country. Sure. Um, he's a legendary country singer and songwriter. Uh, he was also an author, an innovative guitarist, a guitar designer. Mm. He designed an electric Spanish solid body guitar. Which, according to the Country Music Hall of Fame, may have been the inspiration for the Fender Telecaster, as mm-hmm. Merle Travis and Leo Fender were friends. Ooh. Um, he was an actor. He had a small part in From Here to Eternity. Um, mm. So, if you're going to have a bit part, that's a pretty good movie to have a bit part in. Sure. Um, he was the he waves, was... actually. People don't know that. He was the waves in From Here to Eternity. Yeah, so every time you see a clip from that movie, he's in it. <laughs> He's the he's, guy. He's the ocean. He's, yeah, yeah. He's the guy who goes. Where do you want to go? Oh, from here, you got to go <laughs> to eternity. <laughs> he, he had the titular line. He's the he's the cab driver who took them to eternity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he just pointed out a map and said, "You are here. That's eternity." It's a real short movie. Yeah, yeah you know, it made him short back then. <laughs> um. So he is also a Country Music Hall of Fame inductee in 1977. He is a Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame inductee in 1970 and a Grammy Award winner. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wrote and recorded 16 tons for his 1947 album, Folk Songs of the Hills. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> so... Um, Here's the thing with that album. Here's the kind of story behind the album. So we're going the story behind the song. Now we're going the story behind the album. A lot of stories. That's what we did here. <laughs> um, so after World War II, uh, there was a renewed interest in folk music in the U.S., um, which is kind of interesting. I never really realized that. Um, you know, you always sort of associate that with, like, uh, early, mid-60s kind of thing. Right, right. Um. So, um, Merle Travis was signed to a recording contract in 1946 and was asked by his record company to, um, record an album of folk songs and folk inspired songs. Um, so according to an essay on the National Recording Registry site, um, Travis said, quote, you don't write a folk song. They come out of the ground, the hills. That's why they're called folk songs. Hence the album title. Mm-hmm. Um, so he sort of objected to the idea of having to write original folk songs. It's just, they're, right. they're there. Um, so the original pressing of folk songs of the Hills contained four traditional folk songs and four original songs, including 16 tons. Mm-hmm. He wrote three of the original songs in one night, two of which were dark as a dungeon and 16 tons. And both songs became standards. I love that song. <laughs> it's a great song. Um, and it's it's a Dolly Parton situation where it's just like, yeah, I'm just going to write two classics right now. Right. So, like, just give me Oh, a you minute. wanted standards that everybody's going to sing for the next hundred years? I got this. Give me a <laughs> quick break, a cigarette break, and I'll be back. So, according to that same essay uh, from the National Recording Registry, 
Uh, he wrote 16 tons as a sarcastic response to the label's request for original folk songs. He said, you just can't load 16 tons of number nine coal. No man can do that. So I think it was as a res- response to the idea of like, okay, write an original folk song. Right. He wrote um, sort of something sarcastic. Now, I, I never want to defend a suit, but I, I am going to do a quick impression of the record company guy right now. Here we go. Okay, man, whatever. I, I don't know. I just, I wanted <laughs> to write it. Don't write it. I don't care. Why, why are you being such a jerk about this? Okay, fine. Sorry. I didn't, I'm not, a, I'm not Merle Travis. You're Merle Travis. You know folk songs. All I said was, I want some folk songs. Use old ones, write new ones. I don't care. <laughs> what what, what was do? your problem? Just... Merle, get off my back, Merle. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're riding okay? a wave, Merle. I don't care how we ride the wave. Just ride the wave. Merle, I was born in Connecticut. Okay? <laughs> I don't know how it works. My name's Please. not Merle or Travis. <laughs> you know more about this than I do, buddy. You know what? Please. I just need eight folk songs on my desk by Friday morning. <laughs> however you want to get there. I really honestly don't care at this point. <laughs> The song's chorus was actually inspired by Travis's family. And as I, I think I mentioned, he is from coal mining mm-hmm. country. Um, yeah. He often heard his father say, I owe my soul to the company store. Um, and a letter from his brother, John, discussed um, the recent death of World War II journalist Ernie Pyle, who was killed in Japan April of 1945, um, near the end of the war. Mm-hmm. Um in the letter, he was talking about how, I mean, how sad it was that this journalist had had died and sort of made it through the war and died at the very end. And he said in the letter, it's like working in the coal mines. You load 16 tons and what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. Oh my God. Nice. So he recognized a good line. Yeah. Um, he says, take that, Suits. <laughs> I can't fine take it from a letter I don't what is your problem god this guy won't get off my back do you mind if I just use this letter I've got I gotta write four of these in a week I don't care honestly I don't care I get it get it off a shoebox for all I care just write the songs or don't write them I honestly um, I feel like you're bullying me at this point <laughs> this song is called size 10 loafer this song um, is called this jerk from the record company thought I could write a folk song. Okay, man. Jeez <laughs> Louise. I mean, it's great. It's great. It's going to be a hit, so it's fine. But I just don't. I don't Why know what I, I ever the did. Bad guy. <laughs> guy, you say one thing and he doesn't let it go. Jeez. <laughs> so Folk Songs of the Hills had some success upon its release, um, but it wasn't like a huge hit. Uh it has since become a very well-respected, classic, iconic album. It was an early example of a concept album and was added to the prestigious U.S. Library of Congress National Recording Registry in 2017. Mm. If you're not familiar, the National Recording Registry preserves audio recordings for their aesthetic, historic, or cultural significance. Mm-hmm. Um, so his recording of 16 Tons is... Very, it's basically him and a guitar, and he kind of (laughs) explains the story in it. There's there's a bit of spoken word. Oh yeah, in the song. 
you know what's funny? I feel like that's a big difference between like early folk music, um, like early sort of recording artist folk music and later folk music. The, if you listen to folk music from the 40s and like early 50s, there's a lot of, you know, I was doing this and then I'm going <laughs> to sing a line and then I'm going to discuss it a little bit more as my guitar plays. There's a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Some folks like, okay. <laughs> um <laughs> you know down here in cold country okay yeah. here we go settle in <laughs> um so here is a brief overview of uh ernie ford um he was born ernest jennings ford on february 13th 1919 in bristol tennessee hey um, like his name yeah who would have thought <laughs> um oh bristol tennessee is in the south of france Yes, yes, yes. Um, by the late 1930s, he was working as a radio announcer, uh, at first in Bristol and later at various stations in the South. And after serving in World War II, he returned to radio announcing at a station in San Bernardino, California. Um, he was an announcer and a DJ for an early morning country music show where he created the character of Tennessee Ernie. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, he was hired by KXLA in Pasadena and continued his morning show and joined the cast of a live country show called Dinner Bell Roundup as a vocalist. Wow. And from, yeah, from there, he was offered a recording contract with Capitol Records. By the early 50s, uh, Tennessee Ernie Ford had several country hits and a few minor pop hits, including, I thought this was interesting, a duet with K Starr. Uh, if you're not familiar with K-Star, her, famous, her most famous recordings include Wheel of Fortune, Rock and Roll Waltz, The Hucklebuck, mm-hmm. and a song that you actually hear every year, Everybody's Waiting for the Man with the Bag. Everybody's waiting for the man with the bag. Christmas is here again. So he was pretty well known, but he received his first widespread recognition in 1954. Um, when he made his national television debut and became the first celebrity guest on I Love Lucy. Um, he played Cousin Ernie Ford from Bent Fort, Tennessee. Hello, big boy. How do you do, ma'am? What's your name, handsome? I'm Ernest Ford from Bent Fort, Tennessee. You'll do. You got quite a hitch in your get along. In season three, episodes 28 and 29, uh, Tennessee Ernie Visits, which aired on May 3rd, 1954. Tennessee Ernie Hangs On, which (laughs) aired, yeah, he wouldn't leave, which aired, that is literally the plot. Yeah. uh, Aired May 10th, 1954. And in season four, episode 14, Tennessee Bound, which aired January 24th, 1955. Do these all take place in New York, or or are they is it one of them the L.A. episode? The is he in the L.A. episode. He's the season four episode is when they're on their way to L.A. Ah, uh, they stop in Tennessee and run into cousin Ernie. Gotcha. Nice. And Wait, he gets him out of the jam. It's Lucy's cousin. It is. <sighs> There's a line about it in the show, and I should be able to tell you it verbatim, but I can't. Uh, it's like Lucy's mother's 
sister's okay, roommate. Whatever. But it's related like to youngest he's, boy. He's related to. Him. Yeah. Okay. Um. So they're not really related, but they. Oh, okay. Each other. They're not really related. No. Um. But they're classic episodes, and he's fantastic on them. And I think that's sort of a continuation of the cousin Ernie, or not the cousin Ernie, the uh, Tennessee Ernie character that he portrayed on the radio. I mean, I'm impressed with the the continuity of going back to cousin Ernie. Like you'd have to remember, yeah, from last oh, yeah. Year that yeah, they, there weren't that... really reruns at that point. Yeah, yeah. So in the spring and summer of 1955, uh, Tennessee Ernie hosted a daily daytime TV show that aired nationally on NBC. And so, as you could tell, he's pretty busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Between the demands of television, radio, and touring. He'd fallen behind on his recording schedule, and this led Capitol Records to threaten him with a breach of contract lawsuit, so he needed two songs for an immediate single release. What jerks. See, those are mean <laughs> suits. Those are mean yeah, suits. Yeah, now I'm not on Now, now I'm you're not, not yeah. The guy, yeah. <laughs> Merle <laughs> Travis's guy, guy was like, listen, they, they don't speak for all of us. Yeah. I'm don't. a good suit. <laughs> I mean, although I was, I mean, the man signed a contract. <laughs> like, if he if he's supposed to release a song, he's got to release the a song. The guy is I mean, busy. He's doing a lot of stuff. Okay, but that, how does that help me at Capitol Records? Especially I'm if he's glad, touring. He's probably touring I'm glad, for, because the records, you know. No, he's on TV. He's got his own. He's got a, a daily TV show. And I'm, 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 that's good for NBC, but that ain't doing nothing for John Q. Capital over here. <laughs> Where are my songs, Tennessee Ernie? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like when you work at Capital Records, you have to take the last name Capital. It's like the Ramones. Yeah, that's that makes right. sense. That yeah. makes sense. Like all the Warner Brothers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they actually have to get adopted by somebody named Warner and become brothers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's just one poor Warner family. It's like, oh, we yeah, got another one. <laughs> I got to adopt a 54-year-old I, man. Say. <laughs> it's just the, weird. The judge keeps looking at us weird. I've got another 54-year-old film executive <laughs> from... Uh... Uh... Anyway, go on, Michael. <laughs> sure. Um, so... Um, Ernie Ford was an accomplished musician songwriter, and he wrote several of his early songs, but under the pressure from his record label to release new material, uh, he chose to record two existing songs, one of which was 16 Tons, which he had performed on his NBC Mm. show, Too Much Acclaim. Mm. Um, On September 20th, 1955, uh, at Capitol Records' Melrose Avenue Studios in Hollywood, he recorded two cover songs to release as his next single. Um, one is called You Don't Have to Be a Baby to Cry, uh, which was written by uh, Bob Merrill and Terry Shand. It was a 1950 country hit for Ernest Tubb and 16 Tons, mm-hmm. mm. which I'm pretty sure you've heard. Um, yes. <laughs> thinking that the country blues song You Don't Have to Be a Baby to Cry would be his biggest hit to date. I mean, Capitol was thrilled with this song, and it's a really good song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his performance is amazing. Uh, Capital decided to release it as the A-side and 16 Ton as the B-side. You don't have to be a baby to cry Or to lie awake the whole night 
I love. Yeah. Th- those te- seem like they're two very different. Um, the very vibe different them. songs. Two very different songs. One about being, I'm guessing, um, being able to cry when you like lose a love, and the other one is about being all muscle and bone and punching people to death. <laughs> it's it is. It's a real weird choice to have as an A side, B side. Yeah. Like, I feel like B side should have just been you don't have to be a baby to cry instrumental. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a really good song. It's right. a jazzy kind of, it's mm. a bluesy country song um, with a little bit of sadness to it, but right. not like 16 tons. Right, right. Um, it's. It's much more, it's similar to, I would say, like, what was on the radio at the time, mm-hmm. um, which I, I guess is why they thought it would be a huge hit. Like, it's a great performance. It's a really good song, and it's, it seems very radio-friendly. Like, let's be honest, 16 Tons is not radio-friendly. Right. There's I mean, not a whole lot of music to it, and it's very says, sad. Says you. <laughs> um... Well, yeah. And you know what? Says the executives at Capitol Records. (laughs) So uh, radio DJs began playing the Uh, Mm B-side. Within 11 days, the 16-ton single sold 400,000 copies. In 24 days, it sold 1 million copies. And in less than two months, 2 million copies were sold. Yowzer. And this feels like, you know, every decade somebody figures this out, right? Which is... Just write a song about how work sucks. <laughs> and like people eat it up. Like take this job and shove it nine to five. Yeah. Like I'm sure there's other examples. And just like just you really you write that song, you release it and people are going to go nuts for it. Like it, ha- it. Like I said, every decade, I feel like there's one of those. Yeah. Somebody yep. figures that out. Everybody's working for the weekend. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of a really recent one, but I can't. I, I'm sure there. I'm sure there's one. But. <laughs> They're there. <laughs> um, I guess the only one that's really the opposite of of that is fancy. <laughs> <laughs> By the end, she's doing great. She I mean, is, she is that's doing true. great. She was she like, "Live for the work." Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. Got, she got like mansions everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um. So, at the time of its release, 16 Tons became the fastest-selling single in Capitol's history. The recording was number one on the country charts for 10 weeks and number one on the pop charts for eight weeks. In 1998, Ernie Ford's recording of 16 Tons was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame, which honors recordings of lasting qualitative or historical significance that are at least 25 years old. In 2014... It was added to the National Recording Registry, again, which preserves audio recordings for their aesthetic, historic, or cultural significance. Wow. Um, so, technically, 16 Tons is on the National Recording Registry twice. Wow. Yeah. It's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, what is it about this recording? Like, like we were saying, like, it's... Not like anything that was on the radio at the time. Right. It's not like anything that's on the radio ever. It's it's not. It's 
it's not a song that you would think like, yes, this is this is going to be a hit. Yeah. So according to another National Recording Registry essay, author Ted Olson quotes Ernie Ford, who said of the recording, we used a flute, a bass clarinet, a trumpet, a clarinet, drums, a guitar, vibes, and a piano. They gave it a real wonderful sound. It had a good solid beat to begin with. In addition, I snapped my fingers all through it. Sometimes I set my own tempo during rehearsal by doing that. The orchestra leader asks me, what tempo do you want, Ernie? And I'd say, about like this. And I'd begin to snap my third finger and thumb together. He gets really into yeah, the details of how, how he snapped. <laughs> I mean, buddy, that's how <laughs> most people snap. Yeah. Uh, after I was through rehearsing that song, Lee Gillette, who was in charge of the recording session for Capitol Records, screamed through the telephone from the control room, tell Ernie to leave the finger snapping in when you do the final waxing. It certainly added to that song. It gave it an effect I hadn't heard before. Wow. Which is true. I mean, it's true. He is putting a lot on that finger snapping. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that is one of the most interesting elements of the song. It is. Like, it's, when you think of that song, outside of his amazing vocals, you think of the clarinet, and you think of that, like, kind of echoey... Yes, snap snapping. in the background. Yes, I yeah. agree. But he really leaned into that snapping. Because he wasn't playing the clarinet, Rachel. <laughs> He's like, we have these other instruments, blah, 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 but did you hear my snapping? <laughs> I, but I think it's the snapping, one, it's, it, it, it's such a huge element of that song. And it, it also, like, you can almost hear the echo in the recording studio. Like, you right. can hear the space that it's in. And there's something very sort of surreal but also realistic about it it's it's very there's a a weird ambiance right, it sounds like you're right, echoing right. sounds like you're in a coal mine yeah yeah and it's echoing yeah and i i want to say that i think the production is brilliant and i'm sure that led to a big part of the reason why the song was popular yeah, yeah. I do also want to say that as people driving in their car, they're hearing the song and going, yeah, my job sucks too. This guy's right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but what's interesting is that the song had existed for almost 10 years before this. That's right. right. And it hadn't really done anything. Right. You know, so I think a lot of it was was the arrangement and a lot of it was Tennessee Ernie Ford's definitely interpretation. Like, it, it's just one of those things where arrangement and song and production and singer kind of like all meet and right. mm -hmm. and it's perfect like this is what worked yeah yeah and that's all i have to say about that um <laughs> so on october 4th 1956 the ford show starring tennessee ernie ford a variety show sponsored by the ford motor company um premiered on nbc so Real cool that they got Ford to sponsor it because yeah. they could just call it the Ford show and it meant everything they to They were everybody. like, huh? You know, Ford, Ford, <laughs> Ford, Ford. And I didn't even he get actually... adopted by a Ford. I, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Not like those fake Warners over there. <laughs> um, it was the number one half hour primetime variety show for five years. Uh, it ran until June 29th, 1961. And... He ended each show by singing a hymn, which sort of became his trademark, and he's credited for popularizing um, spiritual music and bringing it sort of into the mainstream. 
He continued recording and working on television, including a daytime uh, variety talk show from 1962 to 1965. He recorded more than 50 albums in the country, pop, and gospel genres. Oh, my God. That's a lot of albums. He did it in, in one day. <laughs> <laughs> All number one hits. Yeah. And he has a billion awards. He has three stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. One for radio, one for records, one for television. He's a Grammy winner uh, for his Great Gospel Songs album. He has more than 110 million records sold worldwide. He was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame in 1990. He was inducted into the Gospel Music Hall of Fame in 1994. And he is the recipient of the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 1984. He passed away on October 17th, 1991, which is exactly 36 years after the release of 16 Tons. Wait, to the day? To the day. Oh, my gosh. You know what 16 tons gets you? About 36 more years. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, exactly 36 more years. Yeah. And three stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. That's right. Yeah. Which, Um, by the way, have you guys ever ever been to the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Yeah. Okay. I I just, when I was in LA, I'd always go to that area for various stuff. And it's just always funny walking down the street and being like, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know who that is. It's people from even, a very I don't even long know what time that, ago. I don't even know what that symbol was supposed or to just... be. What, what what is that thing? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, uh, oh, okay, Jim Henson, sure. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I definitely don't know who that is. Like it's it's like ninety percent of them would be like names I did not recognize. So and, and a medium that they worked in that you've never heard of before. Right. It exactly. doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, what do they give it for? Radio, TV? It's radio, TV. One of them was like um, live performance. We spoke about it because somebody else, uh, another singer had gotten it for like live performance or something like that. Um, yeah, there's like an old, there's like the old timey microphone, which is radio. Yeah. And then there's like, uh, I don't I guess it's but, like, a, yeah, I think it is like an old timey film camera yeah. for film and then a TV. And then I think there is like the, the drama and comedy masks. Yeah. As well. And maybe something else. I don't know. There's like a horse. Like, I guess he was like a rodeo guy. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and then of course, all the Hollywood walk of fame, uh, rodeo clowns. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Very famous <laughs> for their time. A horse and wagon. was like, I guess a, a traveling <laughs> right. show. Yeah, um, exactly. I guess he was like a court jester. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> this, this goes way back. Yeah, it goes um, way back. I've always wondered, like, because people have, like, multiple, I guess. Um, I'm going to say stars? this. It, yeah. It's, it's kind of a scam. I mean, I feel bad, but, like, because you have to, like, pay a lot of money. It's like one of those who's who. of uh... Right. Like, obviously, you're famous. Like, you, you have, you know, you can't just be, like, some schmo off the street. But, like, you have, you basically, they're like, you want a star? Like, okay, we need, like, 30 grand or whatever. And then you just pay it and they give it to you. So, it's not, it's not like some grant, you know, it's not like a, an Oscar or something. <laughs> like, they give you an award. You just, like, call them up and, like, hey, am I famous enough? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, great. I, what, if I, what if I pay you a whole bunch of money? They're like, sounds fantastic. 
and then you did. It's like a you know, it's it. You're gonna know. be right I, outside I, this CVS. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing too. It's not the nicest neighborhood. So, and it is. You're just like walking to get like a like like a soda at the CVS, and you look down and you're like, oh, I guess Bette Midler was here. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I wondered. Like, eventually, like, aren't they gonna run out of? No, they'll just keep on expanding. No, they'll just keep going. They'll just keep going down the blocks. Well, that's the thing, too, because, yeah, like, some of them are, like, right on the main drag, but some of them are, like, down side streets yeah. that, like, are I, pretty deserted. I went to oh, a, really? I, I went to, I oh, think yeah. it was a, I went to, to, like, I think it was a Bed Bath & Beyond, and I walk outside of the parking lot, and I step on a star. Uh, it was my first <laughs> yeah. time in L.A., and I was like, I did not expect this. Yeah. Oh, this is the Joan Crawford Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> Joan Crawford, the radio, the the uh, the rodeo clown. Yes, yes. of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. No, what so. they don't sell. Different Joan Crawford. Yeah. No wire hangers. No wire mm, hangers. That bed bath and ever. Beyond. No. Yeah. A lot of shoulder pads, though. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so um, sixteen tons has become a standard. Uh, it's been covered by countless artists, including Elvis Presley, who used to perform it in concert. He never recorded it. B.B. Mm. Um, King, The Platters, Bo Diddley, Lou Monty, Jimmy Dean, Harry Nilsson, Lauren Green, Stevie Wonder, Tom Jones, Bobby Darin, Johnny Cash, and recently, Robbie Williams. On his standards oh. album? Yeah. yeah. On his, I think, second swing album. Mm-hmm. From like twenty, I want to say twenty seventeen ish. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, it's good, but it's a much more swing version. Swinging, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't have the, the same sadness as <laughs> yeah, a clarinet the and a snap. Yeah. And for all the gamers out there, sixteen tons is also featured in the soundtrack of Fallout seventy six. Along yeah. with two other Tennessee Ernie Ford songs, Shenandoah and Dark as a Dungeon, which we mentioned before. That's another song written by Merle Travis that's also become a standard. It's been recorded by several artists, including Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. And that version is awesome. On the same album that she recorded, Nine to Five. Mm. I think it's all. What's the name of that album? I think it's nine to five, and uh, it's escaping me right now. That's okay. It's not. I gotta find it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also been recorded by Johnny Cash on his Folsom Prism um, concert oh. album. Um, I I have heard this song countless times. I am a big Fallout fan. Um, it's also in, is it also in Fallout 4? I believe so, maybe? There is a Tennessee Ernie Ford song in, um, in Fallout 4. But I have heard this song and Dark as a Dungeon and Shenandoah so many times because (laughs) I am a big Fallout fan and I have played it from the beginning. I've played Fallout 76, so I just love it. I was very excited about everything about this song (laughs) dark as a dungeon is it's a it's a really great song um it's the dolly parton version is beautiful by the way the name of that album is nine to five and odd jobs Mm. 
So I guess it's all about work. Um, it's yeah, it's a great song, and the Tennessee Ernie version is pretty amazing. Yeah, like again, it's it's the perfect match for for his voice for that that baritone mm-hmm. sound. And it works well in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. I'll tell you what, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're looking for a soundtrack for a post-apocalyptic wasteland, <laughs> it is that song. There you go. And, I, I, and I, I think that's what Merle Travis intended. He did. Yeah. He was like, I want somebody to shoot some super mutants <laughs> while listening to this song. That's my dream. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so this is... It's interesting because the song is still relevant and still well-known. Um, and this particular recording has endured since 1955. Like, people still know it today. And it's still an important recording. And it was a m- huge hit. Um, but, like, it might never have happened. The in- The record company insisted that it be written. And then mm. another record company insisted that be recorded it was released as the b-side djs in the audience kind of made it the hit that it was and it's interesting because i've never really i i've always thought like the art versus business kind of thing is is a fairly modern thing i i just assumed that in the 40s <laughs> everyone was like right. yeah let's just make records but it's also rare that you hear uh, the argument that <laughs> that the contractual obligations uh, right. <laughs> are what made great art happen. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I was. I think it was. You know, just a lot of weird twists of fate. I mean, it was like you know they were like write some songs, and then a very good, talented songwriter did, right. and so right. he wrote a good song, and then you know this guy obviously uh, Ernie Ford picked a good song. He was already right. singing it, so it wasn't like it came out of nowhere. But yeah, I mean, I think honestly, like, I think the art versus commerce, like, divide. I think commerce was winning way more in the forties. Right, that's what I was like, gonna say. Yeah, because that was a time of like, you know, there are singers and then there are songwriters. Like, and don't don't get a big head about it. Like, you're you're either mm, one or the other for the point. most part. And, and there was you know? there was there was very rarely any ownership to the singers, right, or the songwriters for their for their work. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. I think Pete Seeger had a big uh, um, had a big like falling out or like a, like a suit about ownership, but right, you know. But even like later, the concept of like selling out, like if you're a musician, like that was a Right. New concept. I mean, this guy's like, yeah, I'll be on TV. Uh, you want to be on Lucy? Sure. Whatever you want. Like, there wasn't any idea of like, oh, no, I'm a, this sacred music artist. Right. I couldn't possibly. I was also called a musician. I don't know why I said music artist. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, should, they should think of a name He's for a music music artist. He's a music <laughs> guy. <laughs> well, there's a word for that. What do you call a guy who's a music guy? Yeah. <laughs> His first what album was call... called The Music Guy. What do you call someone who like professionally sings? I guess like a singing individual, right? That's <laughs> probably the word. Song person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. Anything else, Michael? Uh no. This is a great song. Tennessee Ernie Ford man. is awesome. 
It's a good song. Um, all right, let's take a quick break, another quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the lesson we learned from this song with Lessons Learned. Remember when Twitter was fun and not hastening the collapse of Western civilization? Twitter can be fun again when you follow us at story underscore song. You'll find out about our upcoming episodes and see lots of great behind-the-scenes content. Story underscore song. Putting the fun back in Twitter. All right, we're back. It's time for Lessons Learned. What lesson did we learn from this song? Uh, Michael, let's start with you. What lesson did you learn from this song? I learned um, this is a, a good lesson if you work in a coal mine, but mm-hmm. really for anybody, um, ask if you could be paid in script. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes things easier. Like, yeah. yeah, you, you, will you be indebted to the company store? Yes. Mm-hmm. But do you know how long, to, like, it takes forever to get to the mall and then, so like, true. like, if you want to go to the grocery store, like, you have to wait online. Like, just, you go to the company store. Mm-hmm. Cash in your script. That's right. You will owe them much more. But, like, it's right there. So, so convenient. So yeah, convenient. It's, it's, it's all about the convenience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It's true. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, I would say what I learned was similar idea, Michael. Um, become a coal miner. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, you know, get get the get the script. You go in debt to the company store, right? Sure. It sounds bad, right? It sounds bad. No, wrong. <laughs> because my friends, you are now immortal. Because Saint <laughs> Peter. Cannot call you home. That's right. <laughs> you, 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 you get like a, you know, like a, a, a piece of metal rebar through your head. Yeah. You're like, guess what? Can't die. Sorry, St. Peter. <laughs> Found uh, a loophole. That's called, uh, it's called a loophole, buddy. <laughs> Sorry about that. Guess I'm just going to stay right here. Oh, 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 what's that? I'm drowning a river? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I can, I can walk nope, on nope. the bottom of the ocean for hours if I want because I can't die. Nah, 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 nah. So that's kind of. I yeah, owe a bunch of money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing St. Peter now as the villain from Scooby-Doo. Right. <laughs> he got me. He got me on this one. Damn it. Would have uh, uh, been able to uh, take yourself if it wasn't for that company store. Exactly. That meddling company yeah, yeah. store. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's just lighting himself on fire for fun. He's like, nothing you can do about it. Sorry. <laughs> Rachel, what But seriously, like? so in debt. <laughs> but yeah, really. I am in so much trouble. Do not look at my credit score. Don't look at it. <laughs> Crazy. Not even Rachel, student loans. <laughs> no. Rachel, what'd you learn? If you're an expectant mother, mm-hmm. see if you can get a trade for your baby right away. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a coal miner. Your baby doesn't have to come out of coal miner. Maybe a little pharmacist cloak. Maybe a little, um, you know, mm. a little, a little banker's tie. You don't know, yeah. but just get them something so the moment they're out, you can just shove them right to work. <laughs> exactly. Plus. <laughs> The little uniforms are adorable. Right. Oh my god! Yeah, a yeah. little, a little baby carpenter's belt. Oh, it's so cute. 
So cute. Yeah. It's the best. That's- Look, every minute your infant is not working is a minute that you are not indebted to the company store. It, listen, <laughs> it is so expensive to have a baby nowadays. That kid's got to yeah. start earning their keep the moment working. they get out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's get to work. That's right. You're going to load 16 tons, or you're going to build 12 tables, or you're going <laughs> to uh, fill 18 prescriptions a day. Those are the things right. you can do, baby. You're going to be a little tiny baby telling Merle Travis to write Folk songs. <laughs> a little baby record executive. Oh, he's look at that little record executive. Oh. oh, he don't know anything about music. Oh, <laughs> look at him with his <laughs> with his corner office. <laughs> Adorable, but make me write eight songs in a week. So yeah, look at Michael. He's a baby. Mm. He doesn't know any better. Oh, who's giving like- confusing contracts to artists? <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Merle, could you write some more, more songs? <laughs> I can't say no to you, Aww. baby record executive. Can you be contractually obligated for eight <laughs> records? Uh, can we renegotiate your points on the back end? Uh, oh, my God. Look, I need to take a nap, but you're supposed to be on tour in like two weeks. So you're going to need to schedule those dates. I'm bringing in my lawyer. He's a teddy bear. (laughs) But he's a real shark, too. Oh, yeah. Don't let him fool you. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Baby record record executive might be my favorite thing ever. Coming to Fox this uh, this Um, (laughs) week. Thank you guys so we much for that. listening. We copyright it. Copyright. Sorry, it's not Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, this has uh, been the Story Song Podcast. Like I said, come back next episode for another great story song. Follow us on the socials if you would, like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you could leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are podcast, we would certainly appreciate it. Um, I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. We'll be back at you next time. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Bye. Bye. To the company store. Our theme music was written and performed by Jason Flowers. Find him on Twitter at Jason Flowers with a Z. Some of our bumper music was provided by Purple Planet Music. Our logo was designed by Dan Geva. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at story underscore song, and on Instagram at story song podcast. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. The Story Song Podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcasts.com. Thanks for listening. It's the Story Song down a bit i apologize okay well, that's okay i always saw was you take off your headphones and then stare at the ceiling motionless for 45 <laughs> seconds like a ghost so i wasn't sure like, <laughs> what was happening do that about 20 times a day <laughs> here we go hey eh? it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.